So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Empaths, boy, do we have an exciting show for you. Joining us on the show today are the wonderfully talented, super famous, and just incredible Astro Twins to talk about their newest book. From the matchmakers behind Prime Video's Cosmic Love, the first astrology reality dating show, comes a new book designed to keep the sizzle in any relationship by looking to the stars. Super Couple, Astrology Secrets for a Sexy, Soulful, and Satisfying Relationship with Any Zodiac Sign, is written for those in a relationship no matter how long they've been together. It takes a deep dive into the third chart that's created when two people come together. The composite chart, aka the Super Couple chart, is a relationship roadmap that's written in the stars. By unlocking the secrets of their unique super couple chart, any couple can understand why they came together and what their destiny may hold. Super couple helps readers answer the burning relationship questions they may never say out loud. Can we come back from this? Do we have a future together? Will I ever feel sexy and attractive with my partner again after all we've been through? And so much more. This book, you guys, is so chock full of information. You will do a deep dive down a fantastic and fun, enriching, and eye-opening rabbit hole when you pick up this book and start to discover what is really holding your couple together. So thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you. We're so glad to be back. We are too. All right. Before we dive into the the specifics of the book, can you just start by telling us about meeting Beyonce? Because that's one of the first (laughs) things in your book. And I was like, yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. That was one of the more fun surprises of our career. In 2003, we uh, got invited to go to the Billboard Music Awards and sit backstage in one of those celebrity swag rooms. So, um, and just do readings for the parade of celebs who came through. We had just kind of really started our business then. So we're like, okay, sure. And Beyonce was one of the people that came through. She was just kind of like starting with some solo collaborations. Her Jay-Z, I think it was like Crazy in Love, Bonnie and Clyde songs were hits and she was going to be performing them. So she ends up sitting down and... um, she has a Scorpio moon like us. So she's very interested in the intricacies of her chart. And yeah, we did, we started telling her about her chart. She was fascinated. And Tali was like, so we've heard the rumor uh, about a certain someone. Do you want a composite chart made? Like, which is the super couple chart. Uh, And she was like, yes. So we did the chart and the next day we were there for three days. The next day she was running on stage to perform and I was, she, she walked by me and she actually stopped and thanked me and said, I stayed up really late reading that chart. It was so interesting. So um, 
that was 2003, but uh, hey, we like to think we might have had something to do with her having twins. That's amazing. I love that story. And you know, <laughs> that couple has had their ups and downs, but I think you can tell they're really meant to be together. Oh, well, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. They're in, and and again, it's a choice. You know, that's the thing. Like together, they became a Libra. Uh, so yeah, that uh, I was going to say. Were. Super couple chart is chock full of Libra and Scorpio planets. So yeah, they they can obviously stay away from each other, regardless of all the go the shenanigans <laughs> of him being a Sagittarius and her being a Virgo. Very different signs on their own, so they're always going to have to navigate that. But their super couple chart gives them sort of a a, a second life there. Wow. That's what's really, really wonderful in this book is it holds a mirror up to you and you have to say, oh, this is what I'm bringing to the relationship. This is what I might have brought to a prior relationship. And it, for me, maybe it doesn't work this way for everyone, but it really helped me to see someone in a different light. And what part am I owning in the positives and what part am I owning in the negatives? And that's not always easy to do. It's certainly oh, not at all. And what's also, you know, um, nice about having this third chart is, you know, you, you're you also able to kind of step outside of that blaming vibe to like, oh, you did this, or I'm going to beat myself up, which I love to do, you know, like, I should have done this, I should, the ruminating, you know, that we spend like, I mean, you know, this is a great book for kind of reviewing all the past relationships too, but it's kind of like, what did the relationship need? And maybe like, well, that's why it didn't work because I didn't want to give it that, you know? Okay, so for uh, astrology beginners or people like me who are super interested in astrology but don't really understand all of it, first of all, I want to tell listeners that the book is 500 pages, it's huge. And it has charts and graphs <laughs> and pictures and it walks you through step-by-step. Step. So if you are a complete novice like me, don't think, oh, I can't I can't use that book. No, it's, it's meant for everyone. So it will walk you through. But for beginners like me, when you say a third chart, can you tell listeners, what does that mean? How do you take two charts and make a third chart? What are you, what are you using as the baseline? Yeah, well- so when you take your birth time and data on the other person's, you put it into our composite chart calculator and it averages it. So it's called the midpoint. So like it's it finds the exact middle between your chart and the other person's chart and finds that exact blend. So it's literally like splitting the wishbone or finding that perfect middle ground between you. And that's why it's such a great path to harmony. So we we jokingly say, did you know that your relationship actually has a zodiac sign? Because it does. It's like, you know, in layperson's terms, you could say like, there's you, the other person and the relationship as a third entity. So this is really just the astrological chart of that third entity. But I never knew that. I always thought like you would do a chart for yourself and you do a chart for your partner and you would compare and contrast and interpret it. But I never yeah. knew there was this whole composite third chart. And I think I think that's going to be new to many people, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I want to mention before I forget, 
um, and I'll say it again, and we'll put it in the show notes as well. You can go to astrostyle.com slash supercouple, and it will walk you through how to find and create this composite chart, which is, there's so much on there once you go to astrostyle.com slash supercouple. Okay. It's true. It's true. A lot of people don't know that this even exists. They think you're a Virgo. I'm a Scorpio. We're good together. We're bad. You know, I'm like, we want to get relationships and the whole world need to get out of this right. You're right. I'm wrong. You know, paradigm that we're stuck in. And that's why I think something like a super couple chart is so perfect to kind of revive now the composite chart. Cause it's like, there is another way. So yeah. 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 Remember that book, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And it it kind of left you feeling hopeless. Like, oh, well, we're just so different. Whereas in this book, you walk through, like you say in one part, if, if you two have most of your houses in, or planets in the first, uh, is it the six houses, you'll be focused on, you know, family. But if you're, if your planets are in mm-hmm. these houses, you'll be focused on career. I, I mean, I'm overly yeah, simplifying, exactly. but yeah. the first six houses at the bottom of the wheel are the personal houses. So if your chart, your, your super couple composite chart winds up having a bunch of action there, you might be happy with the white picket fence or the very family focused energy. Whereas if you're a couple whose combined chart is all the planets are mostly at the top half. You're going to be out there in the world, maybe power coupling, pursuing, you know, traveling, pursuing big goals and dreams. See, and I think that's great to be able to look at those, those themes. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, sometimes we, and that's, what's also interesting is you can have two people who are on their own, very adventurous, for example, a Sagittarius and an Aquarius, But in their combined chart, they become a Capricorn because that's a sign right in between the two of them. Uh, That's definitely happened for me. I've, as a Sag, I've like always loved the humor and the fun of the Aquarius skies. And then like, it becomes like really rigid and like we lose our joie de vivre when we're together, you know? And so why is that? You know, relationships will blend in ways and, and, you know, it's important to just know, is that what I want to get myself into, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or do, or are we getting too, oh, here we go getting so serious again. Let's pull ourselves out of this. One of the things is throughout the book, which is incredible. Again, Samantha and I are in the same place with, we understand it, but we don't. So it's, it's mm-hmm. nice that you're writing style. That. It's easy to uh, follow and it's not so over the top scientific this planet is doing this with that planet but you put these beautiful (laughs) little cheat sheets in there so if you're having an right at the beginning there's you know this cheat sheet for the planets and if you're having one aspect of your relationship you can zero right in on that and say what is it that what what we're going through what can we do to help this and I think that's incredible oh good good. we want it because communication is often the thing you know and you can go right to mercury but maybe you want to like spice things up with a little fantasy and then you can go to venus or neptune or you know you're feeling um you know that you want to just be more emotionally connected you can read about the the composite moon and yeah because we're not always dealing with everything all at once we just can't you know so 
Yeah. And one of the problems with astrology is that everyone wants the benefits of it and everyone wants to use it in their lives, but it's often presented in this overwhelming way where it's like, whoa, you're speaking another language to me. And, you know, if you give it to people a bite at a time or give them kind of a roadmap through it. So we very consciously wrote that book knowing like, this is actually a simple thing. You're just averaging the charts. The computer does it. Here's the chart of your relationship. Now you can print that out or look at it and go one planet at a time and read about it. But we know that it can be overwhelming for people. So we really do work hard to make sure that the information is presented in a way that can be used practically and you don't have to speak astrology to, to use it. Yeah, that's that's key. And that's what comes across really clearly. What are the, the three key parts of the, the super couple chart that you talk about? Well, there's the three-part puzzle, as we call it, the planets, the zodiac signs, and the houses. And that's for any chart, whether it's your personal chart or your super couple chart. Now, to get the houses, you do have to know your birth times for both people to draw that up accurately. But we like to think of it as, so the planets are kind of like the players in the in the movie of your love story the you know it's like the sun might be you know bradley cooper um venus might be sophia loren you know but depending on the roles that they play those are you know they show up very differently and the zodiac signs are the roles that they play the costumes that they wear so you know we like to say Let's say Mars is Lady Gaga. Well, she could either be like the hopeful, wide-eyed, you know, rock star and a star is born. You know, that might be Mars in, you know, Pisces. Cancer. Yeah, Cancer. And then, you know, Mars in Scorpio could be, you know, um, the house of Gucci, you know. So (laughs) where she was this sort of Victoria, I forgot what her name was again, something with a V because it's always. I think it was Victoria. Victoria, yeah. (laughs) So she just like, you know. So the the houses then are kind of the stages that these love stories take place on. Like, will the action take place in the home? Well, if Mars is in the fourth house, which is a lot like the fourth sign, Cancer, then it'll be maybe there's this dramatic energy happening behind closed doors. But if Mars lands up, you know, in the ninth house, which is like the ninth sign, Sagittarius, maybe you'll have this passionate travel, long distance relationship where you meet in a different port. So we really love to make astrology comprehend. Like if you just take it one piece of the puzzle at a time. So get to know what every planet means. And we have a guide to that. Then get to know its costume that it's wearing, its zodiac sign, and then see where it's where it's most likely to act out. And that's the house. And that's kind of how you just read a chart. And it's just, you just do it over and over again. And all of a sudden it starts to click and you're like, aha. So I think the reason it clicks though is because it's usually validating. Like, I don't know if you guys found it while reading Super Couple. It sounds like you did. It's like, you look it up, you're like, oh, we were a Pisces sun together. No wonder I always felt guilty or, oh, we had a, you know, an Aries moon, no no wonder we needed so much adventure and got bored easily. When you read the description of it, you can look back at past relationships and, and forgive yourself and the other person because you were actually under the influence of these cosmic forces that 
that happened by the blend of your charts and your energy. So had you known, you might have made different choices and you can for the future, but it can be very healing to look back at old relationships through super couple and be like, oh, like I had a, I'm a, I'm a Sagittarius. I had a boyfriend who was a Capricorn and he was from another country and we kept meeting in all these different countries. So I found out we had been a Sagittarius together, which is the international sign. And I was like, no wonder we can never pick a country to gain any traction for the relationship, which obviously is no more. But I, I can. Sounds exciting, I like, though. Okay. It was exciting. We met in Paris as like a neutral middle ground. It actually was pretty romantic, but we couldn't get along in our own home country. So, uh, <laughs> so many relationships. Yeah. Wow. And that brings up a really good point is in each one of these sections in super couple, you, you give the pros and the cons. So it's, it's always a spectrum and sometimes it's really good. It's so good that you like, damn, this is good. And then other times it's like, I don't know how much longer I can put up with this. So I feel like when you yeah. give that range, it might help someone say, Oh, we're kind of drift into that place in the pendulum. We need to kind of bring it back into why we fell in love to begin with, unless it's so extreme and you're snapping that twig and saying, we're out. But it's really useful to be able to, again, look in the mirror and say, oh, when I would get really stubborn because this is my reaction to it, the person might have pulled back. Mm -hmm. Because it is. Yeah. I have have a question, though. If you're just dating, let's say you're at, you know, that third date and you're like, (laughs) is this going to go further or is it not? I don't feel at the third date you could you could call up the potential boyfriend, girlfriend and say, excuse me, what time were you born? (laughs) But let's say you wanted to do this. There are ways. There are ways. Yeah, we like to go like, oh, it's ten o'clock, my birth time, or oh, I think I always go to bed at night because I was born at eleven thirty. Are you a night or a morning person? Or oh, I read a thing about uh, people born in the morning are more like this. You know, there are lots Very of special clever. ways to get it out of people. <laughs> yeah, true. Can you get a good composite just- chart if you if you just know like oh they were born in the morning or the afternoon or yeah. does he okay. You know, there are I think you can. things that are a little bit off, like, again, but sometimes you won't know their birth time anyways. If you look, every planet goes from zero to 29 degrees. That's, you know, the, the little geometry, you know, we've got the astrology wheel. It's a circle, 360 degrees. You divide it by 12. Each one is 30 degrees. So zero to 29 degrees. So if you have a plant, you can look at the little degrees on the chart. And if one is zero degrees, it might be the sign before, or it might be that sign. Or if it's 29 degrees, it might be the sign aft. So you might want to read both of them. Those are the iffy ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an early or a late degree. Then, you know, you could you may have to sort of just suss it out on your own. But I mean, I the think most you know, likely you can find like the sun and the moon, not the rising accurately without the time, but and Venus and Mars, which are love planets. So I think it's a good idea to scope that out, like not to be like, uh oh, we're going to be a Scorpio better call this off. But like, oh, isn't that interesting? I This is kind of what it might one of the directions it might go into. So. 
Perfect. Okay, yeah. good. Another really important facet of this book is that you break it down into the seasons of relationships. Because I always joke yeah. and say, oh, I'm in act three. Okay, that's great. But when you look <laughs> at, you know, season one, ready for adulting, like that your your focus is so different when you're 26 to 32 versus when you're in stage four or in season four. So my question would be, do you find that the chart evolves in any way? So you have a long-term couple that have gone through each of these seasons together. Have they learned Mm -hmm. to find more fluidity in their charts or does it just transfer from season to season? I think it's in the way that you have to grow and adapt together. Not every couple will make it. They both have to consciously, you know, it depends on how they meet these these things that happen. So we we defined four seasons of for adulthood that also are shaped by major planetary trends that can last two or three years at a time that happen in this in these windows like age I think it's like 25 to 32 is like you're going to have what's called your first Saturn return which is when which is sort of your astrological adulthood so in that time anyone of that age is going to face these tests of their maturity no matter how mature they are naturally they're all going to go through this this kind of identity crisis where it's like am i ready for something serious yes but i don't know who i am yet in the world so I, so if you got married before your saturn return for example um and you go through that super couple season as we called it you're still going to have to figure out your own stuff no matter what your super couple chart is, it's going to be happening against the backdrop of that. The 40s are actually quite a turbulent time. You go through something called the Uranus opposition, the midlife crisis. Recently, Adam Levine of Maroon 5 got into hot water and then some for having that midlife crisis. When I heard about it, I was like, he's got to be 42. And he is because there's this, moment that happens and it's it's really it can be really scary and disconcerting because you're you picked your partner you're happily going along and then 40 41 42 will come and and this energy just rushes up from the planets and you just are like why do i suddenly want to be a teenager why am i having this last gasp of my youth you know it kind of coincides with hormones too but it's fascinating. You can track it to the planet. So it, I, the reason we included that in the super couple book was because a lot of people beat themselves up. They blame themselves and beat themselves up and shame themselves for not being these perfect partners who are like, I'm now living happily ever after. I mean, we just created a reality show about that. It's like, really the stuff after the mar- after the wedding and the honeymoon or the commitment should be the most interesting part but it's almost like okay end of story now let's go on to the next couple until they get to the it's like there it's such a rich time but nobody talks about it except for like how to fix your sex starved marriage you know it's like they give you a book when it's too late so we want super couple to be kind of like a prevention guess what it's okay you're attracted to your sexy coworker in the IT department who comes and fixes your printer, you know, or whatever. Like 
you're just going through your Uranus opposition. You don't have to act on it. <laughs> because people are like, I'm wrong, I'm bad. And we, we want to take shame out of relationships. Yes, I totally agree with that. Although Adam Levine DMing those women while his wife was pregnant. Unforgivable. Unfor- Unforgivable. Oh, yeah. Didn't want to make light of that. Those but, early, you know, that, like, but it, 40s, that, that early 40s season is often one of the most, you know, like when there's the most, uh, you know, naughtiness and uh, just kind of the biggest meltdowns tend to happen then. Yeah, so, you see yeah. that all the time. I didn't even, I knew about the Saturn return, but see the Uranus, the Uranus oppositions new to me. Um, you even mm-hmm. you couple the super couples into these wonderful phrases where you you give every every composite super couple kind of a style name. Um, like I wrote yeah. some of them down: sensual, security, um, emotional, ocean. I love that. And again, it's, <laughs> it's pointing you. out the the positive that every couple has when they do come together. Today's episode is sponsored by mylifeinabook.com. If you're looking for a really cool gift to impress your parents, your grandparents, your loved ones, your in-laws, your your great aunt, anyone who has the stories, the key, I always say there's someone in the family that's the keeper of the stories. And this is a really great choice because it's a fun way to get to know your loved ones better, collect those timeless memories for future generations and bring the family together. It's simple. You select from a series of fun and exciting questions that you might not think to ask, such as what's your funniest memory or what was your first job or why did you choose to move later on in life? It can be anything, but there would be pictures connected with that so that you have the visual and you have the story itself. There is also an audio component. So if you choose, you can hear the stories. And I mean, I just have this vision in my mind of people sitting around and listening to these stories and and comparing notes and laughing and bringing them back to life through that legacy. With mylifeinabook.com, you can show your loved ones that they're meaningful to the family, help build their legacy, and preserve those precious memories. There's someone that you love right now who can still share who they are, what they've experienced, what you want to gift to future generations. And you can do that with mylifeinabook.com. To save $10 off your first purchase, use discount code ENLIGHTENED. That's ENLIGHTENED to get $10 off mylifeinabook.com. It's a beautiful, beautiful book high quality, the pictures, the, the the print, the weight of the pages. It's a beautiful keepsake. So again, mylifeinabook.com, $10 off, use the discount code ENLIGHTENED. I want to also talk about how, so we've got the super couple book, but you've also got your yearly, your 2023 horoscope book coming at, well, it's out now and it's, yeah. oh, I loved your 2022. So I can't wait to dive into the 2023. Um, can you talk about that a little bit and, and give us some hope for the new year? <laughs> Actually, we're calling 2023 the year of what if, because um, there's two directions that we can go in right now. One is what if in terms of innovation and creativity, and the other what if in terms of like, you know, spinning into cataclysmic thinking, you know, like what if this, what if that? So 
what's mm -hmm. happening next year is that we're really being asked to use the law of attraction again. Dust off your, your old copy of The Secret because our thoughts really are going to be and our focus is going to be far more essential for us. We can't just spin off and spiral out. There's some really great things happening in terms of um, just like a rebalancing of our ability to cooperate and work together when the North, the North and South nodes move into Libra and Aries in on July 17th. So we are going to like learn what harmony means once again. Um, but there are some still some huge shifts happening. Pluto, which is the planet of transformation, is moving into Aquarius for the first time since the Constitution was ratified. So 1778. Uh -oh. Yeah. So lots of, um, you know, democracy conversations happening again. We're just it's we're still we're still, we're going to, I think we we're entering the year having a lot more courage about facing the unknown and we're still going to need to generate some of that next year too. But that's why we wrote the book that I think yeah. is, has more pages than any we've ever done. Cause there's such major things happening, you know, Pluto and Aquarius um, it's been in Capricorn for 16 years since 2008, which was a, and Capricorn rules government. I mean, think about the shifts we've had since Obama came into office that year. Bitcoin was invented that year. Capricorn also rules the economy. So now it's moving into Aquarius, which rules technology. And look at, we have Elon Musk and Twitter and all these sort of, or, you know, cryptocurrency going through. UFOs, you know, it's. Uh, UFOs, yeah, gender. It is a bit of a sci-fi sci energy coming in, but like we're better, we're going to handle it better. We're going to greet it with more. So Saturn, which is kind of the anchor planet, is moving into Pisces on March 7th for three years, which is a sign of compassion and um, I think we're going to see um, spirituality making a, a, a nice comeback in terms of just people being able to come together in some ways. But it's, yeah. It's an interesting contrast to Pluto because Pluto is going technological. Saturn's going spiritual. So it's, it's you know, we're already going to, we always already see, you know, I guess, early signs of what's ahead. So Pluto is going to be in Aquarius for 20 years, more than 20 years. So oh. if we aren't hanging out and cohabitating with aliens by the 2040s, I'll be very surprised. Maybe we already are. And, well, you know, I you think know. what I'm looking forward to in this Pluto phase is I think that will that science is going to have to become, you know, more focused on solutions and you know what we're doing for climate change. one of the reasons so we have we have an egyptian themed cover this year because we found that during one of the pluto and capricorn to aquarius cycles was a time when egypt was affected by climate change there were these mega droughts that happened and um People came in and invaded Egypt and all and, and this entire global trade network and society had to completely shift as a result of that. And so we are seeing that, you know, obviously we all know that society is going to have to shift as we move forward because 
the planet can handle it. But I think technology, we will do something surprising and Plutonian where we'll probably be able to figure out how to reverse some of the impacts instead of like trying, because it's not working to do, oh, let's stop the emissions. Let's stop using, you know, we're going to, there's something that we have, whenever Pluto hits a new placement, it, there's something that is unseen that comes out of left field. Like, and I think Mm -hmm. that some, some technology and scientific developments are coming that we have we cannot even possibly predict. When Pluto went into Sagittarius, the sign of publishing in 1995 to 2008, we were reading paper magazines. And then at the end, we're, you know, we have smartphones. Swiping. So what is the smartphone of, you know, what's this new? So I feel hopeful that science will be able to um, move us in a new direction that we the unanticipated, but also that there's reasons to be nervous about that too. So the year of what if, right? <laughs> what if we could solve this, but what if people take it in the wrong direction? So we're going to have to go back and forth. And that's where our spirituality comes in handy always to bring us back to what's true inside of ourselves. That's fascinating. Wow. Hopefully that compassion coming in is going to help with the division that people are feeling so strongly. So when you're talking about this, I'm thinking if you put the topic of technology on the table, there are people that are so, you know, artificial intelligence, that's our future. We have to do this. And then there are people like the extreme opposite saying, my tinfoil hat's too tight. No, no, no. So I feel like there's <laughs> trying to find that balance between the two. And what you're saying is best case scenario, we could be coming into a time of more balance. We could on with the other the, side of things. Certainly mid when 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 the south node goes into Libra. However, I think that um, you know, people who aren't willing to advance and get it, you know, and keep up with the times are going to feel maybe more left out and disenfranchised, but who's to say they may go, you know, like Pluto and Aquarius, Aquarius is a sign of community as well. I think people will become even more tribal in a way in terms of like, you know, this is what I want. This is what I believe. With the connection with the technology, there's also a huge call for a lot of people back to the earth, back to nature, back to healing, back to taking care of the climate. Is that indicative in what's coming up as well with the planet? It is actually yeah. because mm-hmm. Jupiter, which is uh, uh, thank God, I can't. I'm <laughs> happy about this. On um, May 16th, it's going to move into Taurus, which is the first the native Earth sign, and it'll be there for a whole year. So I think we can look forward to people really becoming vocal and insistent on protecting the earth and and science being used in service of the earth so we hope the best case scenarios (laughs) yeah i mean look the the people yeah the people listening who want to consciously create the reality because like tali said the law of attraction is going to be is kind of back um in 2023 so for people who are like where should i set my intentions and direct my energy it is going to be to spend more time in nature to create conscious use of technology to cultivate compassion because Saturn can structure, but can also restrict. So in Pisces, 
some people become less compassionate. Other people will say, hey, we need to formalize compassion and write it into sort of the our way of being. Pluto can destroy in order to rebuild or it can transform and reveal what's been hidden in the shadows. So we will see what the shadow side of technology is. I mean, as the mother of a 12-year-old, I, you know, I already know what it is because you can't fight the city hall of TikTok and Snapchat and all of these and games and everything like that. But it's also like, how can we use what kids are learning that's positive from technology. I mean, Google Classroom during the pandemic was also a lifesaver for education. So sorting out what's good, what's bad. It's going to be the year of the water rabbit in lunar Chinese astrology. The rabbit is associated with the planet Neptune. Neptune is illusions. So things aren't, and it's the ruler of Pisces. So things are not what we see. In the year of what if, I would encourage people not to take things at face value. Observe and watch, but don't assume that the first thing you see is reality. You know, like watch before you just react because people can be very quick to react, especially in the first half of the year when Jupiter is an Aries and anger and emotion and impulsivity is uh, is highlight and the North node goes in there. So we're going to learn the balance between conflict and peace, hopefully come out with some new conflict resolution strategies. Sometimes it just has to get worse before it gets better in some cases, but if we all do our part, then it gets better faster. Okay, this Mars retrograde in Gemini that we're in right now <laughs> yeah. is affecting me more than any Mercury retrograde has. I feel like it's a Mercury retrograde on steroids, even though I know it's not the yeah. same thing, but I'm still having um, issues with time. Like, I don't know, time management has been hard for me during this. Uh, <laughs> a lot of communication has been spotty and off. I'm having to really double and triple check before I hit send on email or, or yeah. people are misinterpreting mm -hmm. what I'm saying. And we're having conversations, stuff from the past is coming back. Can you talk to us about the intensity of this Mars retrograde? It, it's going on until January. Yeah. Part right. of the reason yeah, why it yeah. feels like till January 12th. So from, yeah, uh, August 20th to January 12th. Part of the reason why it feels so much like Mercury retrograde is because it's happening in the sign of Gemini. So Mer Mars is traveling through Gemini, the Gemini part of the sky, and it's going, appearing to be going backwards through that. So Gemini rules distractions. So maybe the time management is like, you just can't focus. It's a little bit of like astrological ADD. Um, Gemini, Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So we're feeling that Mercury kind of retrograde yeah. energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's very, so it is on steroids because Mars is steroids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, true. <laughs> true. And I'm a Gemini. So I guess it's even yeah, yeah right and it's there's yeah. that too it's going over your sun so it's yeah it's hard yeah mars retrograde is oh it was an aries in 2020 when all of the kind of the protests started to implode and not and go from 
these peaceful, idealistic, come together moments to just fighting in the streets and a sad resonance. There was the the shooting at the Colorado Springs Club Q um, gay nightclub. Well, there was the Pulse Orlando one happened in June of 2016 when Mars was retrograde in Scorpio. So a lot of times Mars retrograde will dovetail with Mars as the combat soldier planet. Fighter. Yeah. So it'll fighter. There'll be more violence, which is not, you know, anyone, any anything. And unfortunately, going through the holidays and Mercury will be retrograde on New Year's, even New Year's Day. So, oh my God, we're telling everyone to make your, start thinking of your resolutions, but wait until the first new moon of the year, which is on January 21st of 2023, to actually you know, really solidify those intentions because Mercury is retrograde from December 29th, 2022 to January 18th, 2023. So we'll start the year. Not a bad idea, though, to take a time out at the beginning of the year. I think we could all use a little chill out period. You know, people are feeling... People are like, okay, we can have a holiday again. So a little unleashed. There's all this energy that's been pent up during the pandemic, kind of like somebody pulled the cork out of the champagne bottle. It's spraying all over the room. So that's kind of how the energy of the world is feeling in some places right now. So this Mercury retrograde might be a little bit helpful. Even the Mars retrograde, the message is to slow down. The message is stop trying to do all the the million things that especially you as a Gemini would be doing. It's like, don't multitask, do less if you can, but do things, do things one at a time and do them well. It's not like I can, uh, you know, I'm actually practicing that. I'm just, I too, I'm feeling overwhelmed by all the million things I have to do, but it's, it's, and Mars only goes retrograde every two years. So we often forget the wisdom of it by the time it comes back around. So until January 12th, slow down. Pressure to go, 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 do, do, do. And at the same time, the pressure to stop, 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 slow down. And it's very frustrating. It is frustrating. It just, and and sometimes just acknowledging that, like, of course we can give you tips for what to do about it, but just sometimes just acknowledge the emotion. I'm frustrated, you know, yeah. like really can help a lot. Yeah. I'm taking this day off, period. End of story. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to cut what I can do in half my to-do yeah. list and save some for tomorrow and life will go on. The best New Year's so. resolution might be to just... Give yourself some time to rest and digest for the first three Ooh. of the year. <laughs> oh, I like that a lot. Wow. So mm-hmm. you've off, you're bringing this beautiful book, Super Couple, so people can enhance and embrace and recognize how can they use both? Because I'm, si- I'm sitting here listening and I'm thinking, you need to have a book on the left and the 2023 book <laughs> on the right. And can you apply what's coming up for everybody to the super couple book to enhance what you're doing as a couple. Absolutely. Well, there's going to, what the 2023 book is probably going to tell you when you want to pull super couple off of the shelf, because Venus love will be retrograde this summer. It's actually spending four whole months in Leo from um, June 
June the 5th, June 8th, no, June 5th, October 8th, I think it is, or right around there. But I know for a fact that it will be retrograde from July 22nd to September 3rd. So because it's it's spending this long time in Leo, the sign of passion, the sign of romance, we really do get this extended summer of love, but all the issues are going to need to be worked on during that retrograde. So arm yourself a super couple and prepare yourself. Also, when the South Node moves into Libra, by 17th, we're going to be relationships are going to become a really important thing that people are going to want to work on again. Um, And and balancing your relationship with your individuality is going to be a theme from like from next July for a year and a half. So we're going to need this new set of skills that Super Couple will give you. 2023, the book is meant to just kind of guide you through every day, those day-to-day choices. Super Couple is forever for whatever, any moment that you need to navigate. We all need a, a new set of skills to navigate this kind of 5D universe that we're living in. We need 5D relationship skills, which are not about ownership and control and jealousy and possessiveness and rules and all the things we've been taught that relationships are for so many centuries about, you know, millennium, whatever, like, you know, this is, they're, they're rooted in old property values when people stopped being nomads and became farmers and settled and started to carve out turf and treat each other like that. And we're moving away from that in this Aquarian era with Pluto going into Aquarius, even less, it's going to be even less relevant to bring those old outmoded things to relationships. So we did write super couple with the intention of helping people cultivate some new skills. We have a whole thing in the back, our outro about 5D relationships and love in the Aquarian era, just really talking about all of that. And again, to help people liberate themselves from feeling like there's something wrong with them for not wanting to have a conventional relationship in every way when that model doesn't even work anymore in our world. So we hope that both of the books give people more freedom to move through the world and evolve as individuals. And as we evolve as individuals, maybe we'll start to hear each other differently and stop breaking into these polarized factions so much. So that's the hope. That's my optimistic Sagittarius hope. No, it's perfect. And I love that. I love the ending where you talk about the 5D aspects as well. You know, I'm thinking this is such a great gift for the holidays, but it's also such a lovely like bridal shower gift or a wedding gift. Mm. You know, how fun to give them the tools right at the beginning to know like where where we are Mm -hmm. and and how we're matching up. I think that's really, really cool. And, you know, a lot of our listeners are audio and Kindle uh, listeners and readers, which I love too. But and I'm so happy that you all shared the digital with us. But I have to get the actual paper. You know, oh, we will get my... that sent to you. Make sure to give us your address. Yeah. Oh no, I will have no, to no, get no, it. I just no, no way. We'll send it to you. <laughs> I just mean with all the the charts and the graphs. Like it's the type of book that you want to be able to pull off your shelf and flip through with your partner and go look at this. Look at the, you know. Yeah. 
I really appreciate all the hard work you guys do. And I want to mention to uh, listeners as well, follow them on social media, because if you are a beginner to astrology, like I am, you will learn so much by their intricate post. They're so, you ask questions, you post things for each and every sign, or you'll do it just for the fire, air, water. So you, every time I go on, on Instagram and I see you guys, I learn something new. So everyone, if you don't follow them, you got to follow them. Thank you. To your point about the audio, one thing we did was super couple. So we know that you're going to need some guidance with it. So everyone who buys the book uh, can log, will get a login to supercouple.com where we have a hub where you can do unlimited charts. You can download the companion um, PDFs. And we also have um, a special offer of a gut. We did a guided companion audio and workbook for individuals or couples who want to actually work planet by planet. So Tali made the how to do how to read a composite chart video tutorial. And I did an audio about each planet one at a time, a module for each, just kind of in a conversational way. Cause you might be like, so how do I deal with this? How do I deal with Mercury? So it's it's me talking to you like we're talking through each planet so that you can really go ah, that's what I should be thinking about and looking for. We really want people to use these tools in a way. And, and we know that people like audio now because of uh, the world we live in. So it was too much to do a Kindle book. It's a lot of information. So we have a comp- the companion audio is the answer to that. Oh, I love that. You guys think of everything. And you guys seem to work <laughs> so well together, which, you know, twins, I have I have twin nephews, and I'm so happy to say that they get along splendidly, even though they're they're twins, they're super different, but they get along great. But you know, not always. And yet here you guys are, and you you work together, you have this beautiful relationship. I just I love seeing that. I'm such fans of you guys. I really am. Wow. Well, you guys are Thank wonderful. Thank you. I really appreciate everyone who's listening. And, you know, like like every relationship, a twin relationship, and we always joke that we've been married our whole lives, which is why super, I mean, you know, we have a couple slack threads that we would never want anyone to see. Like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, you know, not that bad, but, you know. We have our passion. You know, she's a maximizer. I'm an achiever. We have different Enneagrams. <laughs> Ophie's a seven, so she gets really excited about big new ideas. And I'm an Enneagram too. And I'm like, but how will that affect everyone? So we, we have our moments, but we do balance each other out really well. And that's uh, what makes you two a super couple. Yeah, I guess so. Right. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I, I guess we are. And it's like, but it's twice as much of what we've you got. Do your so super either too much of a good thing. Yeah, yeah you guys do should do one, one for yourself. Yeah, we should. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. It would be in the middle there, right? So yeah. Oh, I love that idea. I didn't even think about applying it to friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You we'll should. be rolling something out about that next year, no doubt. But we, you know, we we thought super couple was like a fun name, and people are getting back into relationships now after the pandemic, and it's an, it's a topic that astrology applies so yeah, well to. But truthfully, yeah, your podcast is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should do it for all of your relationships, kids, parents, coworkers, anyone significant in your life. It's a guide to, and it's, and then sometimes it's just something that's like, Oh, look over Leo. No wonder we sh- we're out in public together or whatever. So 
my mm-hmm. gosh, if I do this for my friends, my kids, my sisters, I'm going to be an astrologer by the end. I love it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really good. Great way to learn. Do you chat? It really is. That's the way to do it. It is. Okay. Uh, anything you want to add, Denise, before we wrap up? Well, I just wanted to wish you both a happy birthday coming up because Thank I know we're you. all sad you. and miss. You too. Thank you. And the book, truly so, so appreciative because you just summed it up beautifully a couple minutes ago of, I think it, a lot of times I'll say you're looking for the Venn diagram in a relationship where you keep your individuality and autonomy, yeah. but you have the shared middle. And that's exactly what your book is doing. Super couple lets people see how can I keep me and still have this beautiful connection with the people that I love. So thank you. Incredible, incredible oh, resource. Thank you. Thanks for beautiful. summing it up so perfectly. Too. I know. I was like, <laughs> perfectly said. Can I borrow that? Yeah. So. <laughs> You can do whatever you'd like with that. <laughs> well, we'll just have to, we'll just share the uh, podcast when it yeah. comes. So everyone yes. can yep. it. So, but, and just one last com- yes, little plug is that the writing style is so beautiful. There's flow. There's ease. The tone. Thank you, because it. I think this is makes astrology and the concepts accessible to so many people that may start this kind of an exploration and then say too much, I'm out. So again, thank you. And our mission thank is for saving that. Means so much to us. Yeah. yeah. Makes all the hours in this chair worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> and there are many. Um, so thank you both for everything thank that you. you guys do too. So yeah. and for having thank us you on. so much. I'm going to post um, all of the links, as I said, in the show notes and on our Facebook and Instagram, but just as a reminder, astrostyle.com slash super couple. And please guys pick up a copy of super couple and their 2023 book. It's a great reference and it's just a fantastic tools. Thank you guys so much. Please remember as always to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.